Praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. I tell you what, I don't want any rocks to cry out for me. Amen. I want my voice to be heard. I want to glorify the King and my risen Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Didn't this uh, praise team do a good job this morning? We appreciate them. Amen. He's risen. I think when, when you think of the Christian faith, the resurrection is the most powerful thing that we have because it gives us the hope. It gives us the understanding that, that he is the Messiah. Amen? You know, we live in a world that tries to silence things, that tries to quiet the voice of anything that would bring judgment or cause them to not be happy with the way they're going, right? <clears throat> There's a task of a lawyer that would try to uh, scheme and try to put together a plan to discredit anything that we believe. How many understand there's a movement trying to discredit what we believe, right? And, and they'll, they'll put together opposing voices and try to build the opposing voices up and make them seem authoritative and uh, educated and all these different uh, manners. And then, then what they try to do is once they have built up enough people that look like they're authoritative and look like they're educated and look like they have some type of knowledge where they can speak into the situation, then they try to discredit those witnesses that have first-hand knowledge. Sounds like I've been on the stand before, hadn't it? Actually, it was one time. I was a witness. <laughs> and they did try to discredit me. They did try to make my, me look like I was uh, questionable in my stance of the witness that I was. They, they questioned the character. They questioned the viability of the claim and all that good stuff. I mean, you can imagine how they've tried to tear apart the disciples. I mean, look, one of them was a tax collector. <laughs> no pun intended, Rick. <laughs> In those days, you understand that tax collector was worse than a sinner, right? So they, there was a tax collector. There was, there was an adulterous woman as a part of the witnesses of the events of that day. There was, there was these scabby old... Fishermen, you know, how, who can believe a fisherman? You know, they're always telling lies, you know. <laughs> how many fish did you catch? Well, you know. <laughs> how big was that fish? It was this big. <laughs> always trying to discredit. But the reality is, is that Jesus is alive. I read in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, 
It says, to, to these he also presented himself alive after his suffering or after his passion by many infallible or convincing proofs. Say infallible. Convincing proofs. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days, speaking of the things concern, concerning the kingdom of God. Wow. <laughs> Lord, I'm so thankful that you spent some time showing yourself to the world, showing them that you were alive, showing them that there is the power of the resurrection. And I pray that today we will grasp a hold of the understanding of what that power means to us and how we can live a life in the freedom of the Holy Spirit because of the power of the resurrection. God, give us encouragement. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you looked at the life of Jesus, you could kind of divide that up, his earthly life, that is, into three sections. Before the passion, in other words, before his suffering, during his suffering, and then the 40-day interval between his resurrection and ascension. It's kind of like, you know, this 40-day period was like the afterglow of the main event, right? And, and, and here he is, it's kind of like uh, after service, sometimes we have to tell people, you can stay, but not here. Because people like to hang out, we like to, we like to fellowship, we like to talk, you know. And so finally somebody has to cut the lights out to make somebody get out of here. This is those moments where, where here is... After uh, Jesus' resurrection, here he is. He's mingling. He's hanging out. He's, stay, he's staying around. He's a, a part of the moment. Be before his, uh, his feet, are, even though his feet are still touching the earth, his, his, his head is touching heaven. Amen? <laughs> the reality is, is that the resurrection is real. I mean, it's hard. It's a struggle to think that in, even in some people's minds, you have to convince even Christian people that the resurrection is real. Because there's so many negative voices. So many things trying to disband and discredit and trying to keep us from walking a life of faith. Trying to keep us from living out what the resurrection power has entitled us and uh, given us the authority to accomplish. Right? I mean, God had made the resurrection so demonstrable that that here in Acts chapter 1 verse 3 it says with many infallible proofs come on in other words it's a foolproof case I mean the Roman the Romans with their silly little lie after the event thing, saying that oh they've already taken him is the only thing that they can grasp to because here we have the angelic Angels saying, he is not here. Come on. Why seek ye the living amongst the dead, right? He's risen just as he said in all these words that they said. Come on. I mean, it was repeated over and over as he, as he showed himself to his own disciples and the testimony of even, the tes even Thomas, who was so skeptical, had to recognize Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All these form a, 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 a little part of the chain of evidence that even the, 
the brilliant mind of the Apostle Paul uh, couldn't even answer the questions. He understood Jesus Christ is alive, right? Even any judicial, uh, profound judicial mind, even today, cannot question that this event took place because even 2,000 plus years later, it's still proclaimed. The testimony of those who were there that day cannot be denied. 40 days of walking on this earth after the resurrection gave proof that he is alive. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I mean, the, natural, the, nat- the nature of Christ's resurrection is not only clear, but it is certain. Amen. The picture given by, by these amazing evangelists throughout the years of, of the Christ of Easter and the, the Calvary event, the crucified of Calvary and the man of Galilee, all of them mark marks of thorns and spears and visible images and tangible ideas of, of, of what Jesus went through. So, so real is his humanity that literally... He walked amongst them. Literally, he put out his hands and said, Look, Thomas, put your finger in my side. Come on. Look, let's sit around as the, as the disciples come off of the sea. He says, Look, let's, I've made a fire for you. I've got some food for you. As he sat there, he was so real, his, his humanity, after the resurrection, that he was able to sit there and enjoy with them. But also, he was so trans transcendently more mighty after the resurrection because of his ability to just show up in the middle of a room without opening a door, without a wall being open. He manifested himself right in the midst of them and said, here I am, boys. Don't you believe now? (laughs) Wow. Wow. The significance of his resurrection is impossible to exaggerate it is the fundamental it is the fundamental proof of his messiahship he is the king of kings and lord of lords it is the truth of all christianity look there have been claims of others who have died for their faith but there's only one who is the messiah the son of god the king of kings who died and rose again on the third day, who claims to be our King and Messiah. It is the truth of our faith that we believe that Jesus Christ is alive and well. It is the evidence of our justification. It is the source of our sanctification. It is the guarantee that we too, like him, will rise again, though death may happen, for it is appointed unto mankind to die. But guess what? We shall not remain because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We shall also rise with him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 It is the pledge of all the power that we can ever need in this present life. Somebody wonders, can I make it? Jesus His power that rose from the dead, the Apostle Paul says, the same power that that rose Jesus from the dead indwells you and I. We have the power and authority to walk out this life no matter what the enemy throws our way. We are the anointed of God. We are the ambassadors of God. We are God's people, and we are able to press forward. Amen. Amen. What is amazing is is what, what we find according to faith. Faith makes the claim that exceedingly greatness of of his power according to the work 
working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. Somebody said it, exceedingly abundant. Exceedingly abundant. Power, the power from on high is what we can experience because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen. So when I look at this passage, it's amazing to see that morning as they, as they made it out in John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. And while it was still dark... And saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and, and we do not know where they have taken, laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going, and they were going to the tomb. Come on. Say, hey, whoa, what's going on here? And the two were running together, and, and, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter, and he came to the tomb first, and he's stooping and looking, and, and he saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. And so Peter, Simon Peter also came flow, following him and entered the tomb, and, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and, and the face cloth which had been laid on his head. Not lying with the linen wrappings. It was rolled up. It was folded, if you will, in the place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then entered and saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as, as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels while uh, white sitting on the head and one on the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, come home. <laughs> Woo. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But, but go to my brethren and say to them, I, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, that he had said things to her. You know, it's amazing to, to look at this story and, and to realize, here's Mary. I mean, she's sitting there weeping, and here's two, two angels. Now, you and I probably would probably faint, 
to think that two angels would show up and speak to us, right? And here she is weeping, and, and she's looking, seeing that he's gone, and two angels show themselves to her, saying, what are you looking for, you know? And, and for us, that would have been enough. Oh, yeah, he's alive. But she turned as if it wasn't even something to be thought about because she understood that the angels was not enough. Come on, somebody. She understood that it was more than just the angelic host. She was looking for the Son of God. She was looking for the more than enough, and His name is Jesus. Amen? And let me tell you something. That's all right. You may not always recognize Him when He shows up, but I'll tell you what, He already knows who you are. <laughs> he looked at her. She, she was... Still struggling. Maybe it was the fact that her eyes were so watered and swollen but from, from weeping and, and from crying out, wondering where he was. But when he said, Mary, how many know the word of God says, my sheep know my voice. Amen. And he, and he yelled, Mary, come on, somebody. And she recognized, oh, this is my teacher. This is my master. This is the one who I've come for. He's no longer in the grave. He's no longer bound by the grave clothes, but he's risen just as he said. Amen. You know, the crazy thing is, is that the first evangelist wasn't Peter and John. The first evangelist was a woman who had been caught previously in adultery, who he had said, go and sin no more. Come on. It was a woman who had cried her eyes out, who had bent before him and, and poured some oil and perfume on his feet and, and washed his feet with her hair and wiped them. Come on, somebody. This was the first evangelist because let me tell you something. When you've been transformed by the power of God, it doesn't matter what yesterday said about you. It doesn't matter what society has claimed you are. It doesn't matter how many stains you have on you. When Jesus declares you whole, you are free indeed. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Thank God. Mary wasn't worried about what everybody else thought. <laughs> Somebody needs to get that in your spirit this morning. You need to quit worrying what everybody else thinks. Because if he's called you out of darkness, he's brought you into the light of his love and he's transformed you. You are no longer yesterday's, you are no longer yesterday's broken person, but you are alive and well in Jesus Christ because he's brought you from death unto life. Amen. Yeah, I was dead in sins. I was dead in my transgressions. Yes, I was dead in all of yesterday's stuff, but I'm alive and well in Jesus Christ today. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You don't say, Paul, that old guy. No, you see a new man. You see a, one who's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm no longer who I used to be. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. I'm about ready to get excited here. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Luke chapter 24, verse 5 says, And as the woman, as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, and these are the angels saying, Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Look, I think we need to realize that Jesus Christ has died for a purpose. He is Christus Victor. 
He is a victorious Christ. Come on. He, some might think, well, he's weak. Some might think, well, you know, he, he allowed them to, to crucify him. He allowed, no, look, he did that for you and I. He showed his temperaments. He showed his ability when they came to get him in John chapter 20. And he said, who do you look for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I am. And even in the power of his declaration of I am, it blew them back and they all hit the ground. Look, this wasn't two or three people. This was like 600, a battalion of soldiers who had come to get Jesus to take them, to take him. And yet when he declared who he was, the power of God blowed through them and they felt back because he's so powerful. Amen? <laughs> he's victorious. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. But what does that mean for you and I? It means that we are no longer bound by sin. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that. We are no longer bound by sin. In other words, you can't keep saying the devil made me do it. Because the devil has no power over you. Aren't you glad of that? <laughs> Amen. I mean, Romans chapter 5 helps us understand. Uh, 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as though one man... Sin entered into the world and death through sin. So, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. Verse 18 goes on and says, So then as through one transgression there, resu there, res there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there result resulted justification of life to all men. Verse 19, For as... Through the one man's disobedience to the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Verse 21, come on. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? What's that mean? It means that we are no longer bound to our past sins because Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary became the atoning sacrifice that we are no longer bound, but we are set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we are no longer bound to the wages of sin. For Romans chapter 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I'm claiming hold of the eternal life in Christ Jesus. I recognize that He is the gift of God for eternal life. That He is the Son who has willingly left the throne room of heaven, the only begotten Son, that we should not perish but have eternal life. Come on, give him praise in the house. Amen. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You've got to quit walking around in the shame of yesterday's sin because that is not who we are any longer. Look, if you're still walking in the appetites and the pleasures and the appeasement of this world, then you might find yourself walking in the shame and guilt and the condemnation of sin because the wages of sin is death. But if you are walking in Christ Jesus, if you have submitted yourself to him and said, Lord, I am yours, you are my Savior, have your way in my life, 
Let me be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come and, and dwell me. Let me walk in you. Then guess what? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. What, what does that look like? How does that happen? Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. Verse 5, for, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on. Amen. Knowing this, that your old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Say, I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Verse 7, for he who has died is free from sin. How's that work? Let's keep on going. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. This is what we got to grasp hold of. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body again. Come on. Right? Isn't that good? I mean, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the back quarters because he was afraid of what everybody had said. And, and Jesus said, he said, well, how must I be saved? How can I receive this, what you're talking about? And Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, that confused Nicodemus. Now, how does that happen? Do I go back into the womb and do I get born again? No, he said, no. You must be born of water and blood, but you also must be born of the Spirit. Right. Somebody needs to recognize that we've got to be born again. We've got to be born a spiritual birth. We are dead in sins, but when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become alive in Him. The Apostle Paul understood that this passage of Scripture in verse six, Romans 6 and 11, to consider yourself dead. It wasn't just a one-time consideration. It wasn't just a one-time decision that he made. But here's what he said. He says, I die daily. In other words, every day that I get up, I have to consider myself dead to sin. Because I'm still living in this mortal flesh. Somebody paint yourself. Yep. You're still there. We're still living in this mortal flesh. And as long as we're living in this mortal flesh, it is a spiritual warfare that we have to fight. And so therefore, just as the Apostle Paul said, I have to die daily, he understood that I have to consider myself dead to sin and alive in God through Christ Jesus, right? Every day. Every day. I have to, have to shut this thing down. I said, nope, that's not who I am. That's not who I, who I was called to be. That's not who God's called me out of darkness to be. The old song says, God sent his son 
right? They, I, can't, I don't know if I can sing this morning. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds my future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. <laughs> Aren't you glad? See, babe, I told you they wouldn't leave when I sang. <laughs> because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Aren't you glad? That he lives, he reigns, amen. I mean, this is what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2 and 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He's, yeah, you might see me walking around. And I might look and resemble that old Paul. But what you see is something different. Because the life I live now, <laughs> I live by faith in the one who died and gave himself for me. Right? I mean, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? In other words, I may not see what the end's going to look like. I might not understand and grasp what this journey's going to look like. But I do know this, that Jesus comforted his disciples. And he says, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. I might not know what it's going to look like. I might not know how my end's going to take place, but I do know one thing, that the end of this life, on this journey, on this side of glory... It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that I've got a home in glory. Oh, yes, it is mine. I'm going to lay down these old ragged knees. I'm going to lay down this old body of mine, and I'm going to pick up a new body in heaven. It was without wrath, without doubting, without pain, without sorrow, without tears. I'm going to glorify him in my heavenly body one day. Amen. Woo. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Come on. Look, the thief wants to steal your faith. The thief wants to steal your joy. The thief wants to take away all of the righteousness and idea of, their, of having a hope and glory. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly because we've been transformed from death unto life. Amen. I'm looking forward to the day when he steps out of the clouds of glory and says, son, go bring my children home. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Look, I can preach all day. Somebody better come to this piano because I, I'm, uh, I'm still fired up here. I got, I got up real early this morning. Woo! Had a good breakfast and had a, about five cups of coffee. Woo! Come on. Amen. <laughs> Look, we can spend so much time acknowledging all of the things that the world tries to pressure us with. We can spend so much time allowing our own quirks and habits and hang-ups to, to overwhelm us and to hold us back. We, we, we sang the song, these kids did a great job. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Look, I don't want any nuance of this world to have any hold on my life. I don't want to have anything in this world that, that I'm so attached to that I can't give up for his calling. Amen? Because when he says, let's go, I don't want anything to say, well, let me wait on such and such. Come on. Well, well, I, well, well you know, let me do this. Because I, I read a story of, of ten virgins, right? Now, the Bible tells me that they were all virgins. What does that tell me? That means they all were, they all were sitting on a pew somewhere. They all probably were raising their hands saying, well, isn't he wonderful? But there were five who were wise, and there were five who were not. There were five who, who were still attached. They were still tethered to the world. They were still living a life that was pleasing unto the world. And, when, and there were five who said, ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Come on, right? You know, what, what the lamp means to me, that they were on fire for God, right? In other words, they, they were lit by the Holy Spirit, and they were ready so that when Jesus cried out, said, let's go, they were ready to go. But there were others that looked the part, but they didn't have the part. We can slick our hair back what little we have left. We can put on a three-piece Sunday suit. We can look like we're ready to come in and preach a, a five-point message. But if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart and you're not living for him every single day, then guess what? There's going to be people who step up to the gate and says, Lord, I did this in your name. Lord, I paid tithe. Lord, I showed up on Sunday, Easter and Sunday, Christmas. But he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Because you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's something that's every day. Amen. Yep, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I heard the old Lord. <laughs> I mean, look. If I married her July 29th, 1995. If I married her and said, well, that was good, I'll see you later. <laughs> right? We wouldn't be married long. And if I, if, if I don't spend time nurturing this relationship because I cherish the gift of God that, she, that he gave me. Amen? If I don't spend time Every day, talking to this amazing woman, then it gets tough. 
there begins to feel this something's brewing. When we don't hang out, it ain't good. I've got to have this conversation every day. I have to. And, and, and it's not that I have to. I love to. It is much like our relationship with God. If we only pick this up on Sundays, we sure are missing a whole lot of relationship. We're sure missing a whole lot of of interesting words that we could hear. Missing the intimacy of, of hearing His voice and having the comfort of words of wisdom given to us on a daily basis. Look, I can't live a life for God just seeing him on Sundays. God didn't invite us into this relationship to have a visitation. Too many of us are looking for visit. Lord, just come and visit us on Sundays. But God didn't invite us and adopt us into the family so that he could have visitation rights. He's looking for a habitation. He's looking for you to come and up a residency because in the same lineage of scripture as Jesus told them that he was going to be crucified and die and raised again on the third day is also John 15 where he says I am the vine and you're the branches if you abide in me come on say abide abide if you abide in me he wants us to abide he wants us to have relationship he wants us to have connectivity he wants us to be a part of his plan And it's as we are a part of his plan that we are empowered by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit because when you're attached, you got royal blood flowing through the veins. Amen? Man, I wish I could preach all day. This is good stuff. Amen? But we're too busy trying to acknowledge the things of the world or the things that ail us or the things that give us trouble. But Proverbs tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. He didn't say in some of your ways. All right. That means every single breath we take should be an acknowledgement of Him. Whether we're at soccer fields, baseball fields, softball fields, right? Whether at when Walmart, Food City, Food Line, or whatever you shop. Whether you're at, I was going to say Winn-Dixie, but I don't even know if there's a Winn-Dixie around here. <laughs> Whether you're at Wiggles or Weigles or whatever you're at. We've got to let the love of Jesus shine through us. We need to acknowledge Him. I said, I don't know what Jesus wants me to do. Well, how much have you acknowledged him in the path that you're taking? Because if you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. He will show you the way. Lord, show us the way. Lord, teach us the truth. Man, I could go on and go on and go on. I love the fact that this, Paul 
probably the most accomplished of all the disciples, the most studied, the most knowledgeable, wrote, God used him to write a majority of the New Testament. And yet, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, I count it all as loss just so I can know him and the power of his resurrection. Come on. Just so I can know him even in the sufferings. Because even in the sufferings, he understood it was better than anything else. Because Jesus, Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. Look, I don't know where your relationship is this morning. Maybe you were drugged. I was drugged all my life, you know, until I got old enough to realize my, my parents drugged me to church every time the doors are open, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe you felt drugged this morning, like somebody, somebody made you come this morning. Maybe you wanted to honor a, a, a father or a mother grandfather or grandmother and you say well I'm going to go to church with them today and maybe you haven't made this decision to know Jesus Christ as your Savior but why not today why not why not make the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life why not celebrate and say you know what I know there's more to this life than what I have right here. And I know that we're not promised a day or tomorrow. We're not promised an amount of years. But I want to know that I know that I am right with God. I want to know that, that my relationship with Him is where it needs to be. Look, guys, I've had the unfortunate privilege to sit in many hospital rooms as people are literally taking their last breath and hearing their regrets hearing their struggle I just wish I would have accepted Jesus sooner I just wish I would have turned my life over to him earlier look why not live a testimony now why not make a decision now that will impact the rest of your life because we're not promised a moment on a, on a bed in a hospital we're not promised somebody this morning said pastor I'm not sure but I might have had a couple strokes we're not promised that we can't have a stroke like I'm not trying to be, put fear in you. I'm trying to speak reality. We don't know when this life will end and what eternity holds. But we do know one thing for sure, that every one of us will face that moment. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Have you accepted? Are you living for Him now? And I would plead, I would plead with you. There was one, one guy in prison back in the early 1600s. 
who the priest came to him. He was in prison in England, and the priest came to him and, and was reading him his rights and began sharing with him the story of Jesus. And, and, the, and, and the, the prisoner looked at him and said, Do you believe this? Do you believe what you're telling me? And the priest was, Absolutely. He says, If I believe this truth that you're telling me, I would crawl on my hands and knees across all of England to share this word, even if it be on broken glass, because everyone needs to hear this message. How much do we believe it? How much do we live it? How much are we willing to recognize and acknowledge Him every day? Father, if there's someone in this room this morning who says, you know what, I need to make that relationship with you right. Lord, forgive me for not living for you. Forgive me for following my own path. Forgive me for doing my own thing and leaving you on the back burner or outside. Today, we recognize that you stand at the door and knock. And you have said, if we will enter the door, you would come in and you would commune and heal and touch our life today. God, may we make that decision in Jesus' name. If you say, Pastor, this morning I want to make that decision. This morning I accept, I want to accept the gift that Jesus came to get, make for me I would close your eyes but honestly this is one of the greatest things in the world this is a rejoicing moment it's not a condemnation it's not a judgment on anybody this is to say I want to live for Jesus Christ and I know that it's not going to be easy but I know these people right here are here to help me walk this journey if you'd say pastor I want to make that decision today I want to live for Jesus Christ would you raise your hand Come on, that's all right. What a powerful, what a boldness to say, I want to live for Jesus Christ. I want to make a difference in my life. I want to see my family changed. I want to see my life changed. I don't want to be bound to sin any longer. I want to be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I know that I have a relationship with Jesus, but it is on rocky, it's on rocky ground. I haven't been living for the Lord like I should, but I want to draw close to Him. And today, I want to draw near. Would you raise your hand? I got two raised because I want to live more and more for Him. Pastor, I want to live more for Him. I want to live more for Jesus. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me as we close? Father, God, I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone in this room that would say, I need Jesus, I pray that today, no matter where they are, whether it be in their home, in the car, or whether they come up to this altar, I pray that today they will recognize that you are a risen Savior. They'll recognize today that they need you. 
And Lord, that they'll recognize, God, that you died on the cross for them and you rose again so that they can have life and life more abundant. Lord, you saw the hands that were raised and said, I want a better relationship with my Savior. I pray that, that every one of us has that passion and that desire. I pray that every one of us today will accept Jesus as not only the Savior of our life, but the Lord and the Master. That we recognize Him, that He is the Lord of every day of our life. And that we live our life according to His plan and according to His will. God, I pray that there will be a blessing on us, Lord, as we we leave leave this place today. That wherever we go, that we spread the message that You have given us. Lord, because that is the plan. That those who are found in Christ Jesus, you said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And Lord, if we declare with our mouth that we love you, we believe in our heart that you are Lord, we're saved. But God, help us to be bearers of the message that you are the risen Savior. And let us walk in the uh, power of the resurrection that we can see the anointing of God transforming our lives, our children's lives, our community, and around the world. God, we praise you for you, for you have loved us with an everlasting love. And we give you glory for who you are. And we proclaim today that you have risen from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give him praise in the house. Amen. Amen. Love you guys tremendously. So thankful you're here. Fellowship with one another. Go get something to eat. You got plenty of time.